Are you Mandalorian? I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. Did you take the creed? I give my allegiance to no one. Grogu. You're very special, kid. We're gonna find that place you belong, and they're gonna take real good care of you. This is the seeing stone. Are you seeing anything? Have the dark truth has been engaged. They're back. Who? The Empire. They're back. That can't be. The outer rim is under the jurisdiction of the New Republic. We agreed, in exchange for the return of my armor, we will ensure the safety of the child. The child's gone. Until he has returned to you safely, we are in your debt. Looks like you could use a nice, long sleep. Put it in shackles. Welcome back to High Tea with Monsters, Rebel Scum, and Vigilantes. This is your host, Brett. I'm here with Steven. Hello. And our favorite guest host, G Striker of SteelerNation.com. Hello. Thanks for having me back again. Busy, busy week for you, and we're grateful that you took time away from interviewing Ike Taylor to talk to us. Um, yep. I get to interview him tomorrow, so I still have some time. We know we're only slightly uh, in his league, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're professionals just like he is. Yeah, we uh, we try to be anyway. Yeah. So this week we have a very uh, exciting and as expected, unhappily ended uh, episode. Yes. Fittingly titled, uh, Stephen. The tragedy. Isn't it though? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think I think everyone was taken a little back that this wasn't going to be another interlude episode a la yeah. the spider episode. Um, this was very much a canon reaffirming yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, for 30 minutes, I can't, it's, it's insane to me how much they fit in. And it, yeah it's well done. Like it doesn't feel like, man, that was, they really just crammed too much. It just works, which I yeah. uh, really do uh, tip my hat to Robert Rodriguez on that. Yeah. Uh, had that very Robert Rodriguez feel. And for those who aren't familiar with him as a director, um, he had the Mexico trilogy with the El Mariachi, uh, Dusk Till Dawn, Machete, Planet Terror and uh, recently Alita Battle Angel. Uh, oh, so great job. Yeah, oh. it was yeah. Um, it, it. You know, there was one moment because this show doesn't get very gory in the fight scenes. So for for his directorial style, um, I expected it to be a little bit more violent and was surprised that we didn't get a lot of more violence out of it. But there was one scene um where the bodily and the and the and the fight um, action really was a callback to a lot of his work, like Machete, and and um, I thought I thought it was the scene where we we get some uh, fan favorite return uh, visitors to uh, this planet that he's been led to, um, but it's when Mando and our beloved Fennec Shand, who I've been waiting for her return for an entire season. Me too. 
so happy to have her back when he and her are it's just the two of them um because uh boba fett's gone back to get his ship boba fett spoiler alert amazing, yes amazing return but this boba scene fett. For... <laughs> where <laughs> pew pew um, <laughs> it's, it's where he's gone off to get he's gone off to get the slave one and um he and he and fennec shan mando and fennec shan are coming up the hill uh you know protecting baby yoda from the first round of or the second round of stormtroopers and he has to use his body to shield fennec as she's shooting he has to actually be a shield to protect her and he's taking the hits um with his body you know and and you realize even under the beskar he's it's painful it's got to be yeah. painful to take sure. some direct hits even from you know stormtrooper phaser so um that was to me uh, what a, a callback to many scenes where you see a lot of great gunfights in his films um and seeing mando use his whole body to protect uh, this sudden enemy turned ally um, that he knows he needs in that moment. And the yeah. only thing that stormtroopers seem to be able to hit is Beskar, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. It seems yeah. Like, <laughs> in this they, show. <laughs> yeah. They're these, these stormtroopers, especially in this episode were, yeah, there uh, they are. Blast them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we or, go back to the older movies, oh, the 70s and 80s that it, it oh, felt yeah. like. Blast, blast near them, blast around them. Yeah, I mean, at least, they, at least they were actually hitting him, right? Yes. So at least they, you know, were making contact. Um, we do get some kind of fun. We see the stormtrooper commander uh, insignia mm -hmm. with that shoulder like yeah. uh, pad, the orange patch. Yep, yeah. yep. So that was cool that we we see we see that again. And I think I was reading in the ringer that they counted seventy two stormtroopers were killed. During, wow. that, uh, during that sequence so wow it's, okay yeah, it didn't feel like that many coming I, off of the ship right? either it didn't. yeah so it's uh there are quite a few uh casualties there um but i don't know if we want to rewind a little bit yeah let's rewind sorry i didn't yes. mean to jump us all the way ahead and we Beginning can even the episode pace that forward if we need to but that was just with the director i'm getting i get oh, no. texts from a lot of our listeners saying that um the directorial angle of this episode compared to all of the other episodes again you have a, a really standout director but yeah um mm -hmm. it flows it manages to flow so nicely with the continuity of the rest of the show so i just had yep. to call that one moment out because i'm so used to a very different style of filmmaking from him um, but there was that one note that really to me struck uh, oh, as, as for sure. a, a hallmark of his style just, just the way the whole all of those action sequence are shot felt very much like a Rodriguez film. Yeah, um, for sure. And he's by far, I think of all the directors that they brought in for the Mandalorian is the most seasoned, even more so than John Favreau. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a ton of credits to his name, his own studio. Um, yeah. And so again, I think a, a wise choice to do such a pivotal, albeit again, 30 minute episode to bring back two characters in their in their glory along with some really tragic events that we get to towards the end um so yeah i next week it's gonna be insane so the next two episodes yeah. are gonna be i think just a non-stop roller coaster uh and hopefully hopefully some uh introduction of at least a jedi character or so at the end of it i'm hoping i'm hoping at the end of the season i feel that way too pressing I for certainly... luke pressing for yeah. luke 
<laughs> to your to your initial point that we talked about about this being not an interlude episode that was a, a something that uh game of thrones always did was have an episode six of a season that really felt more like it should be an episode seven or an episode nine mm-hmm. um, oh you're right you would, yeah you would lose a character who um you felt like well fuck now what you know like the, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. there goes that guy yeah. um at, or that entire family of people right and, um you know, so I was I, I was nervous it would turn out worse just because I I thought for for me this season had too many happy endings already so I just kind of was like, you know we there's no it felt like the there was really low stakes endings at all of the last few except for the one where um we found out about uh, what Moff Gideon's been up to um in yep. episode five, four four for the siege. Yeah. Yeah, in the yeah. siege, that was the one where I thought that maybe that they would beat him back um, to yeah. the child, and and then you know that would be uh, another kind of a chase to to save him. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, you were right. I think that that you know some people may have expected another. You know, this is a, a transition episode, mm-hmm. um, but it had to be this way, I think, to reframe boba fett's narrative right because we had been pondering for since episode one is he an awful person is he what has he been doing um and what has he been doing though (laughs) Uh, like learning how to use learning how to use a gappy stick yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like training apparently in a new form of weapon dude could have easily kicked the crap out of Cobb Vant. Like, why didn't yeah. he get his armor back? I mean, there's a I lot of unanswered how, questions here. I too. love how he yeah. said Cobb Vant's name, yeah. too. Like, so yeah. condescendingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you got from Cobb Vant back on that tweet. For, for me, though, th- this seems like this occurred directly after Jedi. So it seems like he's, like, just crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and started his you know, move across the desert uh, to yeah, try. It's only a few years after. It's five, I mean, five, five years since. Okay, so it is five years after. Yeah. Wow. So he's a little rugged. I mean, you can tell he's yeah. been not not on a little Sorry. bit by three, the start. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah. Three and a half. That's yeah. still a good amount of time. I'm not sure how long it takes to traverse the Tatooine desert. And but, how, you know, you know how many were... bite marks he had to put Neosporin on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. What he's been eating, you know, like, but I knew, I knew. <laughs> Not to like be that asshole who's I knew it, but like I knew he was the one who rescued Ben Fennec. Yes, I knew no, it. I've, I've been, been calling, calling that. Sure. on an earlier episode. So I've been yeah, calling it for, for a sure. year. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> that to me was like yes, so happy. Yeah. The two of them together seem like a real cool ragtag team of bounty hunters. Like she, well, if she's his new apprentice, then I'm all I'm all here for it. Like fuck yeah, it, they both should yeah. have some well, armor. Well, it seems like maybe maybe that's going to be part of the spinoff that oh, they've so. been touting about. As long as Fennec survives, I mean, again, I I think that this this next two episode arc is going to be. I think some people. I think there's going to be some deaths. I think we're. I think it's going to be challenging. I don't think it's going to be an easy rescue. So I have some people I hope die. Um, <laughs> can guess. And one thing too, Fennec Shan, when she said that she was saved by Boba Fett, she kind of opened up that thing on her stomach. And, and I she's guess been, yeah, he, he, like, he apparently learned some surgical skills exactly. in the desert. Yeah, it's it's very like Luke with his with his wrist when he pulled that yeah. back to see the arm for yeah. his mechanics for his arm. So yeah. I, you know, I love that whole biomechanics cyborg effect 
to like putting Boba Fett in debt for getting that type of, I guess, surgery to keep herself alive and active and, and able to help, you know, the, right. him in his quest as well. She's yeah. Got, yeah. A life, essentially, I think she calls it a life debt or some yes. kind of debt to, to Boba for that. And then we get like another debt. It's a like double debt with <laughs> double debt. Double now down, Boba, double and, it's a yeah. debt down, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I do have a debt dance off. <laughs> Boba Fett double debt. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so I really, really hope in all of the battles that we get in the ensuing two episodes, I assume what we're gonna see is a two episode war style battle arc, kind of like we would get in, in a Game of Thrones. And I think that's partially like I, I, there are a lot of influences now that we're seeing in in this season um, that are a little bit darker, that are a little bit um, different directorial style is uh, stylistically, and I think um, that's partially um, the risks you get to take now that you've been greenlit for four seasons because right. Favreau gets to say yeah. who he wants to keep around and work with and who he doesn't. I'm kind of hoping that people with contrary anti-mask views um pro-trump views <laughs> anti-black lives matter views don't have a long career on the show um so maybe that'll be somebody who we see gone maybe um but i would love to see ming now when stick around um yeah yeah. I, yeah I absolutely love her on agents of shield she was yeah amazing yeah. on there yeah. I also, I mean, she's a, she's a Disney star, you know, too. She's got all kinds of um, she's history. She's also a Disney princess. So. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. fun fact, I, I think when I was looking her up for the first season when we were covering this, that I found somewhere that she starred on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in the original. Awesome. Like, yeah. early run, wasn't she? A, she was like... Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. That she was early on in her career. That's who so, she was. So did nice. she voice Mulan in the original movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I love her, and I hope she oh, sticks yeah. around. Too. I also doubt, with everything that um, that I know about how Disney uh, runs its its money making series. I sincerely doubt that they are going to bring back Boba Fett to kill him. Agreed. To kill, to kill Din? To kill Boba Fett off. To kill oh. off. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I so, think. So, I think, and Tamora Morrison is also a Disney king, right? The father of Moana. He, vo he voiced the father, the speaking right. role, not the singing part, who was the singing, uh, singing part was uh, the guy who played George Washington in um, yes. Hamilton. Mm -hmm. But right. the. Uh, the speaking voice of Moana's father um, was, you know, Tamora Morrison. And I would, I would love to see more of him and see yep. him kind of play. He wor works well in this, like if he does have this sort of new, you know, fair fight side to him, a deal's a deal, good guy side to him, then having him and Mando team up is a great, great look, especially if yes. we kind of see more of the heiress role that we go back to um, that story arc with yep. Bo-Katan and, and yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think that's inevitable. I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if season four is all about reclaiming Mandalore. Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So getting the dark saber back, Bo-Katan. So 
All right, so let's we can we can fast forward and rewind a few times here or there. I, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, but to kind of talk a little bit about what got canonized. Yeah. Was this a really episode. big was a really big deal um, when it came to Boba Fett. So yes. we find out that Jango Fett is in in fact a foundling. Yes. So in the Dark Horse comics that were in the 2000s, he was adopted by Jaster Muriel, mm. who, or Jast, and in fact, that character is also canonized because they, some, that Mandalorian thing that we see on the chain code there is, mm. was actually translated to Foundling took into the year Concord Dawn, Mentor Jast, Father Fett, Boba Fett. So, wow. <laughs> we got a whole bunch of stuff that was legends just canonized right then oh, and there. That's great. And, be, and because of now, from a cultural aspect, Mandalorians can adopt people into their culture and society, a la the foundlings. Right. Jango Fett and Boba Fett are indeed actually Mandalorians. Mm. So that was always a thing where they weren't born into it that they fought with the Mandalorians, but it was kind of dubious as to their connection to the Mandalorians. Well, that's been now solidified that they are indeed Mandalorians. And so Jango Fett fought in the the Civil Wars on mm. the side against Death Watch. Okay. So he was in fact his their their belief system is in line with Bo Katan's mm-hmm. family family. Bo Katan kind of switches sides and then goes back to the good side, right? Yeah. Um so the traditionalists, right? And then that is an interesting thing because Din is part of the children of the watch, which is right. a splinter of death watch, mm-hmm. which was the opposing faction to what Django's fat fought aside. So we have two sides of the Mandalorian kind of mm-hmm. traditions in both Boba Fett and Din Djarin. So mm-hmm. it's cool because they're teaming up on this thing. And maybe this is going to be again, kind of another mm-hmm. way of bringing the Mandalorians together to then because again, we don't really know what the hell, like, you just can't go to Mandalore, like, you go there, you die. I don't, we don't know what the hell's going one, on there. One thing that's interesting to me, though, is that when um, Boba Fett introduced himself to, or I guess it wasn't really an introduction so much, but when they met um, on this planet, which... Tython. Thank you. Yeah. On, Ty- on Tython. Um, and Boba, and... Uh, Mando says, are you Mandalorian? He says, Boba Fett says, I'm a simple man making my way through the galaxy first, which puts Mando on the defensive, right? Because he's just assuming now after three episodes of non-Mandalorians wearing suits, he's just like, at this point, like, just give me that stuff. You guys are (laughs) thieves who don't deserve it. You're going to have to peel it. And then he thinks that he wants his suit. You have to peel this off my dead body. You know, like... um. So I just found that interesting that Boba chose to introduce himself that way. It makes me think that maybe the things that have occurred to him over the last three and a half years and his history selling himself out to the Empire, who he now seems to clearly resent mm. very much because when he saw that um, that starship, he was, you know, his, ha- his hackles were up. They're back. Oh. The Empire. They're back. That can't be. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he clearly either places blame on them for something that happened to them, or we don't know what happened to him between getting out of the Sarlacc pit and right. 
maybe he's had some run-ins with them just like um you know the the people on Tatooine and the and the Tuscan Raiders have who knows um, right and Boba Fett's had just kind of a again pretty traumatic like life mm-hmm. and has a you know hates the Jedi the Jedi killed his dad yep. mm-hmm. he he works for the Empire but he also works for Jabba he's very much for hire um, so any there's just a lot of I think there's that new stuff with Hondo in Clone Wars as well. And he's just had, I think, a lot of series of, it just seems, bad mentors um, working with like Dengar and Aura Singh and stuff. So I just wonder if maybe his time in the desert too has like hardened him to kind of reflect on his past trans transgressions and he's reforming a la like a, I don't know, like a saber tooth kind of character who's that kind of toes the line between between sides and allegiances. So mm-hmm. very, but just very excited to see him continue but, to. And for me to stormtroopers. Yes. <laughs> and to me, the introduction that it was actually Boba Fett was seeing slave one oh, fly God, across yes. the sky initially. And I was just, because, you know, as I have my slave one here behind me, right. huge, huge fan of everything Boba Fett and, uh, just that reaffirming it's like yes that is Boba Fett you know obviously he's coming for his armor that is yeah. slave one right right it's about ready to go down they're gonna meet so like that really got and piqued my interest for the episode. well and so when he said I want my armor that you got from Cobb Cobb Vanth back on Tatooine mm-hmm. it signals that if not that he was watching that or participating in that entire episode that we saw the first episode of this season, as we suspected that he might've been, um, that he somehow knew, knew of Cobb Vanth over the period of time, maybe interacted with him even, um, maybe even tried to fight him for the armor. Who knows? Um, maybe lost embarrassingly lost to somebody else in his own armor. We don't know. Um, but to Steven's point, he does even say, um, you know, when, uh, Mando asks him, did you take the creed? Uh, Boba Fett says, I give my allegiance to no one, which yeah. I think, you know, to your point, really um, explains to us kind of the general, um, our general perception of this character and what he's going to bring. Um, but we quickly learn, you know, in this fight scene, the scramble, um who, who like he's more likely to side with an outlaw with you know a lot to lose a, a, a foundling of his own right right and he's an orphan right and there's uh, there's again kind of another orphaned person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's i i'm very curious to see what that relationship will kind of change din's perspective on mandalorians and yeah. like what it means to be a Mandalorian. Yeah. Because it he's very much part of a from what we can hear from Bo Katan, a zealotous sect of of Mandalorians. <laughs> I think we have we have if we can agree on one thing going forward, it's that Din Djarin needs a, a larger crew. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, like we in Rebels, they had they had a little team. Clone Wars yeah. they're like at least three more people, team. you know, like yeah. yep. and they're they're starting to put it together, they're starting to at least introduce the characters, and now it seems like you know he and Boba and uh, Fennec should be you know be able to work together well. Dune was a team member earlier, obviously, right? 
and Karga and yeah, it's it's. I think we're gonna not see much more of Grief Karga. I think if someone's gonna lose their life, it's gonna be an older. Well, yeah, and he's busy being like a director, like, you know, taking care of Navarro City, the Lando so. Calrissian of Navarro. Yeah. yeah, he'll come in and just do like a. I brought in all of these troops. <laughs> uh, I found all of these seven thousand ships to come help out uh, in the past like day. So. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go let's go through the the notes right uh yeah very yeah. quickly very quickly after this uh reunion of sorts or introduction of sorts to three different bounty hunters mm-hmm. badass awesome bounty hunters probably the, some of the best uh alive out there mm. um as soon as the exchange gets meaningful uh we get i want my armor back it goes against the Mandalorian creed. Yama was given to my father, Django, by your forebears. In exchange, I guarantee the safety of the child, as well as your own. But this mm-hmm. is before anything is even happening. There's no stormtroopers or anything. Right. Yes. Just, just the fact that Fennec got her sniper, her sniper rifle pointed yeah. at, pointed at Grogu. Uh, and yeah. that's that's something too. Just to kind of rewind a little bit. Um, to just getting the Tython. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought the moment, and Brett, I'm just rewinding a little bit here. Thank you. Of so we had we had to going from the sniper rifle, kind of rewinding even a little further, just talking about the opening of that episode too. Yeah, I thought sorry, was, let's go all the way back there. Was so good. Grogu. Such it was just like a lovely interchange between this very paternal relationship that he's formed with Grogu and mm-hmm. also with like hey, you're going to go with the Jedi if you find them because I can't teach you. Like, I, yeah. I'm not powerful enough to, to teach you. And it's just, it's seeing Din evolve from, like, the no-nonsense, like, deadpan episode one, season one, to yeah. where he is now is just, like, that was, like, very, a very warming moment. Um, to then, we get, a, we get our, like, what, fifth or sixth Dank Farrick yeah. yeah. And this time it's a happy Dank Farrick. It is. Dank Farrick. Yeah. yeah. Great. That is. Dank Farrick. Dank Farrick. Uh, Let's have a round of blue milk. And... So, so, <laughs> so it's like the F word. It's as good yeah. as a word that you can use it yeah. as a positive and a negative. It's fucking and a great. And no adverb and everything else. I, yeah. I just love the little, um, to Stephen's point, I just love the little laughter, the little, you know, giggle. Because we don't really get laughter out of mando ever i mean no. so when when he's saying grogu and he goes oh and he laughs that's just like the the um happiest you know it's just the happiest that we see we him see, yeah. and it's Good genuine point. joy it's a it's someone who didn't get to have those moments for very long with his own parents right and he's like i i just you know it's in the context of him saying i'm gonna have to say goodbye to this kid likely um, right. He actually he's rooting for him to go with the Jedi. He wants right. him to become something. He wants him to be able to protect himself. And I think he also wants the the never ending fear and burden of this thing who's always wandering off and trying to get himself killed. Um, right. <laughs> you know, he's like, got to fulfill his quest. Yeah, but, yeah. But it, he's he's yeah. like, please somebody else stop this kid from like eating frog eggs and macaroons and. <laughs> but it's it's very. Um, I don't know. It's very sweet and a very touching moment. And yep. you're right. Um, 
I love when he's like, well, we got to go in windows down. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Well, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's and, why I was confused at the end. I'm like, why isn't he just jetpacking up? But I forgot in my second rewatch when they he's like, take off your jetpack. Yeah. So jetpack's just laying out on the ground no, somewhere. Put on the jet, put back the jetpack. Yeah, no, it's like, run, put throw the jetpack on. on and then fly up. Don't try to yeah. climb up the whole mountain. I yeah. know. I was like, why are you running so slow? Is there more yeah. gravity on this planet? What is wrong? Yeah. No, Moving I, so slowly. Yeah, that was very much the plot device of like, how do we get the jetpack off? Yes, I know. Fennec, put the jetpack on. Yeah, just, not, somebody not, use the jetpack. Somebody put it on the kid. You know, kid, yeah. summon the jetpack. And not of like, course, like just uh, yeah, just so frustrating. And it wasn't yeah. even put the blaster down on the ground. It's like put the jetpack down on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, like, I know there's a. I know there's a. Only Boba there. would know that too. <laughs> yeah. Only yeah. Boba yes. would be like, yeah, that's yeah. The, oh. So we go from that to. The Seeing Stone, which is a new, mm-hmm. a new canonical source, right? What do you? Which, what do I do with this? I guess right. you sit on it, <laughs> right? Which very much reminds me, kind of, of the style of Octo, right? Yes. It's kind of got a Stonehenge feel, which mm. l- lends itself to the. Like, uh, I had a Lord of the Rings feel as well. The uh, the campsite from the first night for the where the hobbits and. Uh, Oh, yes. Uh, Aragorn are yes. camping out the night that they... Uh, Weathertop. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jedi to you? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, does this feel Jedi? Does Jedi this... to you? Yes. <laughs> this yeah. Jedi to you. I'm, so... still, I'm still waiting for someone to translate what... I've been trying to find it, the Jedi symbols that are all around the scene. Yeah. Stone. Yeah. And, I'm and sure that means of... something. You could see and it quickly blue. too when he had his visor on. You could see, you could actually see those the writing through his visor through his specific lens that he was using, right. just in the upper right corner. Uh, yep. But then it didn't. You didn't see it normally until he, uh, Grogu activated the stone. I think right. that like it, it Ahsoka could have given him like a translation guide or something. <laughs> okay, so speaking of that, something Uh-oh. that I thought about. Okay, so if Ahsoka clearly has been she's been to tython right yeah because <laughs> she knows of this place mm-hmm. so has she tried to f- use it to find ezra and it didn't work like she's gone there why hasn't she used that to like try to or has she and it just again like she wasn't strong enough or nobody answered mm-hmm. just yeah. throwing it out there as that's something she's aware of or maybe um, she saw something that she didn't want to see Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Force visions generally. I assume pretty, she knows that Anakin is dead. I mean, but it would know. be it would be yeah. odd to put Grogu at oh. risk, though, if she was really afraid of the Seeing Stone. Sure. Because of how you know inexperienced Grogu is with the Force, but you know, any I, I assume anything could happen. I mean, a Sith could be able to maybe to reach out and see somebody sitting there on a seeing stone or somebody operating or utilizing right. a seeing stone and may create another enemy that we hadn't anticipated as well. Also very Lord of the Ringsy with like a Palantir. Uh, there's some kind of aspect of the seeing stone that we, we, we don't know the logistics yet. I'm sure it'll be in some visual dictionary to Mandalorian this summer. We'll find out maybe more about what the hell the scene stone is. I think uh, that we'll actually find out probably in a future scene, since this is a visual show, that somebody is actually 
visualizing and seeing Grogu from the other side, whether it be right. a good character or a bad character. That that's the way I envision at least sure. that aspect of Grogu being uh -huh. meditating within the seeing stone and all that stuff going on that the man <laughs> that Din tried three times to go after. It's like I know he really right. wanted this time. <laughs> yeah. So I'll protect you. You stay here. <laughs> so I mean the the other thing that if we learned anything that might be connectable to the the um, newer trilogy, the Ray and Kylo Ren trilogy, it could be that for the most part, force visions tend to be dark. I mean, we don't get a lot of light force visions, right? So, like, right. if he if he was seeing something truly disturbing, um, well, Yo like, Yoda's got that line about that, right? Like the yeah. future, like looking into the future is. It tends to typically verge on the dark side. So, like Ray, Ray's force visions always were real negative. A lot of them showed her awful past, right? Being abandoned by her parents. Um, her connection with Kylo Ren was always there. Even for Luke, it was always like opportunities to have fought, you know, uh, Vader, and it, when he was on Dagobah and had visions of of Vader and. Um, you know, Yoda's had had a vision of Order 66, but couldn't do anything yeah. to stop it. I mean, it's a lot of visions that are very negative. So who knows? Maybe he looked into the past, saw some traumatic and horrible things, and then looked into the future and saw what would happen if he had gotten training and turned to the dark side. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it'll be, it'll be a very, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Um, mm -hmm. Last week, my, my friend Alex was on last week's pod and yeah, we were talking about this and he's hoping for like a final shot of the black glove and lightsaber of Luke being the last shot of, uh, of the season, which I, wow. there, there, there's a lot to say about Ezra maybe being who he, who he contacted, but Dave Filoni has pretty much confirmed that the events of the search for Ezra that we get at the end of Rebels and that epilogue happens mm -hmm. after. Yeah, they've got a whole long time left of the Mandalorian. Now right. So if they haven't begun that search or if Ahsoka knows where Ezra is and it's not much of a search, then I don't know. Well, I, I it's, it's got I'm thinking it's gotta be somebody else. And it's funny because my daughter, Sophie, who's who's eight, hasn't yet seen this episode. Um but when we were talking about who could have saved um, Grogu from Order 66 and, you know, some of those things, she was talking about which Jedi were alive now. And I said, you know, it's to her, it's really kind of limited because she was saying, well, whoever Ahsoka is sending them to is probably only going to be like Luke Skywalker or Ray's parents or, you know, Finn's parents or, <laughs> you know, I was like, huh. You know, that that's an interesting angle because we really had them neglect um, to a great criticism from an intersectionality and um, representation standpoint. They really neglected to develop that that Finn as a force sensitive person um, sure. angle. So that would be neat uh, for them to make up to that by having one of his parents or relatives, maybe, I don't know, maybe Grief Karga is his grandfather. Who knows? Like maybe there's a way that there's or some Mace connection. Windu. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah um to make up for that by having it be a black jedi um and have we ever gotten to the point where we've figured out who the jedi type figure was in the um in the eris episode when he was standing there in the 
crowded plaza and saw that hooded figure and that hooded figure kind of moved away because to me i thought that was going to be the lead in to find that jedi that um, that's uh what's her face the one of the mandalorians oh got you got she's you. the one oh, yeah that, the, that might be but that's not bo katan it's her, she's the, the other one, one. The WWE gotcha. okay <laughs> okay that makes that makes a lot more sense it being you know piece together being a mandalorian episode as opposed to introducing a jedi in that episode okay cool. Yeah. sure no and from the trailer it very much looked i i thought for sure that was going to be a jedi yeah i did too um, yeah <laughs> so uh another thing to mention that uh kind of just since we're talking a little bit about both this week's and even last week's episode hmm. is the magistrate it was the hairstylist who did the um the hair for the magistrate for Morgan Elsbeth said that she's from Dathomir. And so that makes her a night sister. So there's a surviving night sister. It's crazy that that the hairstylist is that read in too on the script. (laughs) Well, there's that little tattoo they put on there that I was like, last time I was just like, yeah, you were gotta be something Hmm. and mean something. And so I don't know. I'm still hoping for some Night Sisters riding Rangers in the books. Oh, oh yes. Now, Legi- now Legends books. Strikers so. all, all here for Rancor action. <laughs> yeah, my Rancor's here ready. Too. Right. Yep. <laughs> so there's one other thing that... And and in the books, the, weren't okay. the Rancors like much bigger than the Rancor that Luke yeah. fought? Yes. They're like two, three times the size. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That amazing. R- ridden yeah. by... Night Sisters, yeah, no, it's mm. that would be. I'm still pull, I'm still holding out for that. Um, yeah. So there's those blue butterflies too that are around the seeing stone, mm. which I think means something. So I there's some like Raylo stuff. There's like a ch- a children's little video about uh, Ben Skywalker catching blue blue uh, butterflies but there's also been blue butterflies and a lot of uh, stuff tied to the kind of mortis stuff it's like that that the force the land of the force so i don't know i feel like there's got to be some something about those blue butterfly butterflies that that we're going to probably find out means something more than just Hmm. being butterflies but i don't know what it is yet so that kind of takes us to the the epic moment that that you were applauding uh, Stryker and and I, I think I literally giggled or gasped when I saw Slave One's descent yeah. into Tython. Uh, I just just didn't expect that. Like yes. it was so unexpected. It's such a great um, introduction. Yeah, and, it, and there's like no like there's no build up. It just happens. Yeah, and you're like, like holy shit, Slave One is there still it is. around. Yeah, where yep. was where was he keeping that? Like where, where was it parked? It's kind of like a. I know we have overlap with Ant-Man directors in this right. season too. So it's kind of like when Ant-Man's van is just like in storage yep. and Endgame, and, he, and he like comes to in it and it's just like in a locked up in hot. It's funny. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. No. And it's, that's just such a, yeah. So then that kind of brings us to that introduction. And again, with that exchange with the sniper rifle pointed at Grogu. Always. And, Someone's always got to be pointing a weapon at him. And, and almost uh, in that, that situation exchange. when Grogu's in that shield beam, I know obviously nobody can reach him in there. I don't know if it would even be able to deflect a blaster rifle or a sniper rifle. That would be Not interesting sure. to see because it seems like 
otherwise a Jedi would be pretty vulnerable inside of one of those, but it, it makes it for a nice defense if they're Yeah, I guess so. Can you shoot through them. that? We yeah. wouldn't yeah. get to find out. And no. also like I guess the other thing is I, I think some of the other seeing stones sometimes were more of like an educational thing. So maybe Grogu was actually interacting with an educational Jedi from the past as well would be the other the only other option I could think about. It, it could be. And yeah, um, maybe getting some training while he was in the beam. Tython being kind of one of the home starting places of where Jedi or Jedi, I think the spelling was a little different, uh, mm. got their start. So mm. yeah, no, it's super, super. It'll be I'm 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 wondering if maybe we'll get some of that, we'll get some of that vision when when maybe Grogo will be in his in his cell and yeah, we'll see him kind of dialing back to that and That'll, I, I hope so. I hope we get yes. to see kind of what was going on in that in that force trance. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm. That's the most exciting aspect of this episode moving forward that we already don't know with Boba yeah. Fett joining the crew with everybody, and of course having Fennec back as well, which I, right. I was very excited about. And One again, thing that's sorry. Yeah. No, I was just saying again. In 30 minutes, they did all this stuff. <laughs> I know. We're still like we're at the probably the halfway point now. The episode we still haven't like right. Yeah, I know. There's the so much of, to talk about. Because for me, at least, I want to at least uh, get to the point. I know we started talking about the fight and all the different uh, points of the fight, but for me, my Robert Rodriguez moment was when Boba Fett was utilizing the the staff and just like. Oh shattering not, not only yeah shattering helmets and oh, like God, so puncturing good. armor so violent and so great yeah dragging it across the ground and they could feel the weight of it as it was dragging across mm-hmm. the ground wait when he tapped that one guy on the soldier on the shoulder yeah holy hell oh. it was so great <laughs> like oh my god s- stabbing the guy and like lifting him oh yes that, uh yeah that was that was awesome. Um, and all of the kind of like Kabuki Mie kind of like poses yeah. that he would do after yes. he would kill him and just like the like the, <laughs> the, like the with his like, you know, it was very uh so you gotta good. wonder how long Tamara Morrison uh has been in the loop on this too. I mean, I know there've been rumors since last season that he was probably since probably that. been training yeah. for a year. He, he would have yeah. known, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and he looked fantastic his, his actions he did everything oh, was spot perfect. On perfect yeah amanda i bet was, i bet he's been training for a while for this honestly yeah for sure yeah for sure like amanda i we watched we watched moments of the episode together and she was just like yeah like this boba boba fett in this is so much more jacked than the boba fett of uh of the original trilogy like <laughs> during during his time at Tatooine, he has gotten pretty ripped yeah uh He's a little more, a little more solid, uh, yeah, than kind of than he was in the original trilogy. I sh- thought that was funny that she made that comment. Yeah, he almost yeah. looked bigger than than uh, Jin when he put on his armor, which isn't as doesn't cover as much. I mean, he has much right. more open arms and and things right. like that because his best scar isn't complete. Um, but it was <laughs> you're right. He just looks like a massive, especially compared to Timothy Oliphant when he was wearing mm-hmm. the same armor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The big at the first episode of the season, it's just a nice juxtaposition, remembering yep. that like skeleton type figure, and then him coming out like, whoa! <laughs> he has the so, armor on. <laughs> so good. When yeah. when he like stabbed the guy with his gauntlet. Yeah. Was that the flamethrower that he activated and then the pressure of the flames then shot the guy off? Yeah. 
Right. Is that- it, I wasn't sure if there was a rocket that he attached to the guy. Yeah, that, I don't know. It was rocket and like shot awesome. him off and then kind of explodes into him. That, yeah. that is, it was a neat weapon, whatever it was. The, that is the, knee rockets, whatever. Those oh, were. God, the knee dart rockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, it's been canonized. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, all of all of that. And then meanwhile, like Fennec doing all this like crazy gun work like the yes. moment where she takes her helmet and throws the helmet at the guy and he's like kind of like fumbles and she shoots him it was just yeah. like that was and that and it gives her <sighs> enough time to whip around and completely get all three clean shots with people yes. up, up on top it's just a beautiful yeah oh. and it's because it's so much tougher to shoot with a long-range weapon but she's doing it right yeah playing the long-range weapon because it's short range so she's so skilled with it she's just like just kind of tapping them as just she's coming around with it that was really really a neat I, scene i think it was the best the best action sequence we've gotten in the Mandalorian so far. Easily. Um, Easily. Just, and, and we've gotten some great action I know, sequences. I know, we have. And you're right. <laughs> what a great um, show that we could yeah. talk about and nitpick on which one is the best action I sequence. Know. But this was by far, yeah, there was a, a lot going on. The, the like Even with, um, you know, Fennec getting hit by the, the, the I guess there's a, <laughs> the stormtrooper that's in like the yellowish armor that has yeah. the, the mortars. Yeah. Shooting yeah. mortars and like loosen the, the rock, like that whole like hitting the rock and her diving behind the other rock and just having it go down and mow down. Yeah. Uh, Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. Exactly. Very Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> and he's there with the, the repeating blaster, a machine yep. gun. <laughs> just yep. can't do anything, but watch this thing smash him (laughs) yeah no that was can we talk about i have a couple of notes that um that for me call back to the newer trilogy so um Mm -hmm. when he's in when uh grogu is in the force vision he um that's very reminiscent to me, obviously, of a lot of Ray's visions. Um, in the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, when Ray is is getting summoned by all the Force ghosts, mm-hmm. one of the voices she hears is Ahsoka's. The Force surrounds you, Ray. Let it guide you. Feel the Force flowing through you. Ray. Which would lead one to believe that Ahsoka dies between the events of now. And the events of Rise of Skywalker, which gives her about 20 more years, give or take, okay, of life. Right. So that <clears throat> leads us to wonder, you know, is this something we're going to see on this show? Or are we going to get a spinoff? But clearly we're going to experience her death in the future. Clearly that could be something that Yoda, Baby Yoda saw in his vision. Right. Grogu saw in his vision. Right. Um, so yeah. So that's something to keep in mind that's grim and sorry to, to yeah. depress everybody well um, unless unless she's that... just connecting to the web of the force and in which case why didn't we hear grogu's voice steven well, nope. Ray's grogu, head. grogu dead <laughs> i have waited a long time for this moment my little green Unless we didn't just hear him say, nope. Yeah, because if he dies in this episode, it's going to really be a horrible out for 2020. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think he's going to die. I don't think he's going to die. I, think I can he, hope not. I can't kill off a little kid. 
Maybe no, they'll just... choose to like rob him of his force powers and he can go live a happy Maybe. life with Din Djarin in his happy life. Oh, is that your doggy? Yeah, she's in hey, Lola. Life. I know. Yeah. But for, for me, like, they could almost have Yoda come back and interact as a force ghost. Yes. Yeah, Yoda. he clearly does that all the time. Yeah. He's like the most popular force ghost. Yeah, I mean, if he's showing up with Luke <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah, <laughs> right. all the time. Which, yeah. side note, Ryan, jo Ryan Johnson was very close to having actually Anakin being who shows up. In... Well, his voice got in the mix too, right? Right. We got, we, he, we got some voice. But he was, instead of Yoda showing up, it was going to be Anakin it showing up. should have been. In, oh. Uh, Give him a chance. The Last Jedi. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere give Hayden, give it let Hayden Christensen have a chance for God's sake you ruined his life I'm I'm hoping for it <laughs> I'm really really I'm I'm rooting for Hayden Christensen to get I am an too. Awesome, awesome moment in the new newer franchise stuff so I'm rooting for um is he coming back as a different character is that where I'm confused or oh, oh Anakin yeah, because he played he played Anakin, so he would he play he wouldn't force ghost. Force ghost. Oh, force the ghost. force ghost. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. No, because no, remember how yeah. they replaced yeah. hit, re like in the yeah. in the remixed edit of the original trilogy and then remastered. Yeah, they yes. they swapped out uh, dude Anakin. who just died. Or, yeah. or, yes. Uh, what's his name? The guy who just died, who's the face of Vader in Oh, Michael Prowse. Yeah, they replaced yeah, I, him for Anakin David, in, the, in the party. David Prowse. Right. I don't think that was David Prowse who actually, though, did that. It was Sebastian. Yeah, because David Prowse just wore the suit. He had the the huge hulking, you know, frame and build. So I think I think yeah, David Prowse just wore the suit. Yeah, then and there was a different actor that played Anakin once the the helmet was removed for that scene. Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Great. While we're talking about people named Sebastian, let's I... speak about the sexiest <laughs> uh, Russian spy convert. Superhero of the Marvel Universe ever, Sebastian Stan yeah. plays Bucky. Yeah, with my husband, my second husband that he doesn't know about yet. Um, who is should be the one who comes as Luke in mm. the next two episodes and saves Grogu because he looks exactly like a young Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. I think Mark, Mark Hamill is even given the given the sign off on it. Mark Hamill says he looks more like a young Mark Hamill than Mark Hamill's own own children. <laughs> um, wait, okay, we'll great... we'll put a link. We'll He's put a so, link. So quotable. He's yeah. so excellently quotable. <laughs> We're gonna put a link to this on the Patreon for people to come see. I'm showing this because I know I've like sent it to Stephen a million times, but I don't think I've sent it to Striker. So hold on. Awesome. Um, Share screen. Which one's Seb Stan? Which oh, one's Mark Hamill? Goodness. Hang on a second. I gotta wait for this escape. Wow. That's yeah. That's <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. yeah. They're, that they're... is spot. And they love they love each other very much. They've oh. like hung out at events together, and yeah. Yeah, it would be. I think it would be John Favreau is a awesome. Marvel director. Mm -hmm. They could even they could go the route of voice dubbing, of Mark dubbing, Hamill, yeah, dubbing in face Mark of Hamill's Seb voice. Stan. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm all I'm all for it. So we'll be, it'll, it'll be very uh, mm. 
interesting to see what how that how that I shakes out for it and i'm also here for it for let's have a reappearance of an aged bad girl amelia clark mm, reprising yeah. her oh, solo role i think oh. i for sure think that Kira because pedro be pascal back. can bring some friends from game of thrones hey yeah yeah john favreau can bring some friends from marvel Mm-hmm. Yep. Disney yep. can bring more princesses and kings. <laughs> and the suggestion that I tweeted this week that Steven knows about, I didn't tell Striker, is that I tweeted Disney that the only thing missing to make Mandalorian the perfect show is some hip hop. Where's some Lin Manuel Miranda? <laughs> yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda for. Yeah. Because the music on Mando is perfect. Can he work with the composer and, and get some some hip hop into the cantinas? Right. I mean, he's already done the new. He already did the. the uh-huh. Uh huh. Yojaba, no Jabba, <laughs> the whatever in uh, in in Force Awakens. So yep. he did that ah. song in that. When they go into that weird uh, cantina. Yeah. yeah. To on um, Takodana. Yeah. Yeah. With Lupita Lupita Nyong'o, also mm-hmm. another Marvel hero. I know. In the Star Wars universe. They just they have their own love. They have need their to see like her. pod. If yeah. Maz is if Maz is such a like like a master like uh, character throughout the Star Wars universe that everybody knows her and hangs out at her temple and she's force sensitive, well, maybe we could see her in well, Mando. Yeah, and also Fett's the the clan Fett symbol sigil is one of the flags mm-hmm. at the castle at Maz's castle. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, so like maybe yeah, it it would make a lot of sense and given given that that place is kind of like a i don't know neutral territory for all sorts of scum and villainy to mm-hmm. to show up at so <laughs> so um oh i had one other note that reminded me this is weird because this show very rarely reminds me of rise of skywalker for any for many reasons the worst um, of the star wars movies <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it's true so the only um other reference that reminded me of it was when uh, Boba Fett shot down one of the troop transports <laughs> and it hit yeah. the other one. <laughs> reminded me of when Rey uh, accidentally uh, killed the ship that she thought had Chewie on it. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of that, so I was trying to figure out and, and probably if I did a little bit more investigating, I would have I would have found it out. But the troop transport does look like an earlier version of the First Order atmospheric assault lander, sure which, is, yeah. which are the sure transports we see throughout the the um, Force Awakens trilogy. Yeah, yeah, and and so. at least in the scene of the the episode that we just watched of the Mandalorian, if you go back and watch, Boba Fett was actually aiming for the lower left transport and ended up hitting the upper right transport yeah. and fell down into the lower left transport. <laughs> so he was being honest about yeah. it. Like it just wasn't funny. It's funny too. He's just yeah. like, I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> I was right. aiming for the Can't other even one. take a compliment. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, but then, I, don't, I don't know if he was just trying to like, if Din thought, oh, he's just trying to, you know, be humble about this awesome shot he just made. But like, no, in actuality. I feel like he's just, so, they're just, both of them are so dry. That, yeah. Like, <laughs> it makes for know, great comedy. It really so does. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and then we get, boom. There oh. goes the Razor Crest, oh RIP. That 
That was heartbreaking. If you could see his face behind that mask. I know. But yeah. with all of those, me- all the memorabilia in that ship. Didn't we call? Didn't we call it that the Razor? Didn't we call it Razor Crest? Was it was inevitable. Last week, I mean, we were talking about how that shit was duct taped apart. Yeah. And, yeah. and we never got to find out with the ball, which I hope he saved. He did. Um, he put it in his pocket. Oh, that's right. It was in his pocket at the end. I, I Sorry, he's on- so. I'm so used to seeing it in the pocket. I think that was the. I think you're on to tracking it. I beacon. It the, I think it is the tracking beacon. We talked about this last week, Striker. I thought that that was oh. the beacon. Remember, because they put a tracking beacon on at the end of the episode when he was on the Cardoon's planet, and that's how Moff Gideon had when they were on Navarro and they had yeah. people fix yeah. up the ship. I said I bet that was how they were tracking them was they would replace it because it was an easy to screw and unscrew piece of the ship. I got so you. I I think when they get Mayfeld. Uh, Bill Barr's character. I think he's going to oh, see. Oh, God. I yeah, think, we got to see him again. I, think I, I going, love him. <laughs> I think they're going to reverse. That was my I least think favorite episode of last up, last season. Say, but I, I love Bill Barr. I mean, he's a big name character. I get he's it. Fun. Yeah. I think that's going to be how they're going to track. I think that's going to, they're going to reverse track the light cruiser, ah. that tracking device. That's, Ooh, that's that, that would make sense. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Through hyperspace. That would be so great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my thought um on 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 that particular piece. And so next next week the episode is written and directed by Rick uh Famu Yua, who did oh. the prison break episode. Oh gotcha. Cool. So I mean the episode I have to rewatch it. I found some of the characters hard to watch. They were just so awkward. It's um, it was it was tough because they were all kind of each one their own version of an outlaw while not really like kind of working together, but not working together, kind of working against each other while working together. But right. there's certain scenes like where he takes down the, uh, uh, the security droids that are yeah. there by oh, himself. Yeah. And that is, well, and it was a very, it was a very pivotal moment for Mando's morality too. Yeah. Um, yes. 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 Uh, and one thing I just need to take a point before we move on from the uh, the fall of the Razor Crest is we've all been talking about, you know, we're going to lose a character. The Razor Crest is was a character. A character. It's yeah. just like what happens in these Star Wars movies, like the Millennium Falcon becomes a character. Right. You're right. The X-Wing becomes a character right? because they go through so much and you're yeah. going through so much within these vehicles, which takes you and spreads you across the galaxy to different places. Right. So, so right. yeah, that's to me, like I actually felt it like when it, when I saw it explode, like, I felt it in my yeah. heart. I was like, oh, not the razor crest. And, and that it looks kind of like Firefly. So if the Firefly explode, exploded too, like that, right. I'd, I'd rip my heart right. out as well. So yeah. th- th- like that's a huge loss. And I know that Mando two, feels two, that. Two characters actually died when that blew up. Yeah, Q9, Q90, right? Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the, it's inside the helmet. The, the, the droid. Yeah, the, the like droid. Disma- dismantled. Uh, droid was was it, also it was, aboard it was the a ship. Villainous, villainous droid who wanted to murder. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Grogu oh. in the episode with Migs Mayfield with uh, yeah. Bill Barr's yeah. character. Despite recent modifications, the ship is still quite a mess. Yep. So that um, that droid is. I thought there may be a future for Richard Ayoade to. Voice. I did too. I was like, <laughs> and, boo. Nah, um, nope. And you know, then, he, didn't, uh, he didn't pull the uh, head up from all the wreckage then, I no, guess. Just the no. Beskar uh, staff. And, and the, the bobble. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the ball. Who else is in uh, Carbonite? Is there anyone else on the ship in Carbonite? I think he sold all those off. Yeah, I, th- I think that would have been clear by then. Yeah, right. I know. But, now, but I mean, at least, like, if you're going to lose the Razor Crest. Yeah, the Beskar spear and that ball were basically it. Yeah. Survived. But it, 
but even if you're going to lose the razor crest at least you're gaining another character vessel in slave one but yeah. no, being an ominous uh vehicle of transport in the um in the original trilogy movies especially in empire strike strikes back when you're loading han solo in carbonite i know machine. oh you gotta wonder if han's ever gonna run into that ship again too <laughs> well, <laughs> but it should break out in hives maybe han solo makes an appearance i mean you know we still do have harrison ford um and who has a son uh, yeah. in real life and we also have a young harrison ford actor who knows Already we could can, get yeah, yeah we could we could get him uh to show up we've got Car- so we've got cara dune you know of alderaan we could have a young carrie fisher we, um body and voice planted by her daughter if right. we decided to go that way or we could get a young act- actress uh to play her uh, that was just a resemblance actress we have um the potential for a Luke and a Han. So it's kind of like, imagine mm. them working together. You got Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. Imagine mem- them working together with, <laughs> we have so, C-3PO and R2-D2. I mean, just, just the funny, the funny thing to me is if any of them like through Cara Dune, cause she's of Alderaan end up right. coming to the rescue, at, uh, to the call of, of her, whomever to rescue Grogu. Mm. Right. They, Boba Fett's ship, and they're just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right. Or, or right. if you see him like just about ready to land, they see Slave One, and then they turn around and fly. Yeah, they're like, away. "Sorry." <laughs> right. Right. Bye, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? <laughs> well, and that's, and then we get introduced to to like yet we we officially officially are introduced to the Dark Troopers, mm-hmm. which looks very Marvelly to me. Very Iron Man. Yeah, very mm-hmm. Iron Man meets Cylon. They're, they're very, eyes, very Cylon. Uh, yeah. yeah, their eyes are, they, they read very early prototype um, Ultron to me. And they mm. look very General Zerg, if you're oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. familiar with the Toy Story canon. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know what rendition of Dark Trooper this is, because it's a new one. Okay. Um, so we don't know if they're, because some of the, I think of the first batch were cyborgs, so there was some some kind of human or you know alive organic component component to it so mm-hmm. um and also sometimes they were force wielding as well so okay. it's interesting we don't we don't know yet exactly what kind of dark trooper this is but other than i'm i'm positive they're going to be made out of beskar those ones because i mm-hmm. think there's going to be like the only way to like they're going to be very hard to kill yeah um which should make for some fun, fun action sequences. Because I do think with the spear surviving, there's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Giancarlo Esposito said that he's been doing all this physical training for like this. <laughs> the, there's a big fight scene, so I'm thinking that is it going to be episode seven or eight? That's the question. I think one of the two, and it's going to be that best car spear versus versus the dark <sighs> saber. because we know it can, yeah. we know it can stand up. So then there's a lightsaber. no light, lightsaber. Yes. Right. I I don't know that we're going to get a lightsaber fight this season. So, so that's the only thing that I guess that we know so that no, can no penetrate. Jedi well, basically. I don't know. If it's, unless Ahsoka shows up to help out. No, Luke, you don't think Luke then? I think if they're going to pull the Luke card, I think it's going to be like a very like a la Force Awakens where... They can't do that twice. They can't do that twice. Seriously, (laughs) that would be they would that would make John Favreau like the most hated man in Hollywood for (laughs) an entire summer. He can't do that. (laughs) 
I feel like that would just be too like that's too too replay. I think that it might not be like a thing where they rely entirely on him. I think it might be I think it might be after the battle is over him showing up to determine whether Grogu goes with him or not. Sure. Maybe it's just or- a summer camp length experience. Maybe it's not he's taking him forever, you know? Right. Well, and then he could meet because I think Ben's Ben is four he years old. Ben's, yeah, you could be in Ben's class. So I could, they could see, be eating macaroons together with, right. you know, that could be an, an amazing with Finn's mom or Finn's aunt. Or <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we don't know if Ray's parents, any of them trained with Luke yeah. either. So yeah, it's true. Unless he was just like a clone being like, I got to get the hell out of Exegol. Leia, and yeah, so there's, there's a lot of potential here that it's very exciting. And Jedi Academy one, part one and a half, you know. <laughs> hey, and maybe Kyle Katurn will be canonized. They brought yeah. back the Dark Troopers. So yeah. maybe we're going to get more Dark Forces crossover and he's going to show up. Because that would be also I would be, that would be awesome if he gets canonized. Mm-hmm. So also leaning into the Jedi Academy stuff too with him. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. Um, I don't know if it was Kathleen Kennedy or... Bob Iger, who is saying that this show was very much supposed to shepherd the original yeah. trilogy to the sequel trilogy. Mm. So I'm wondering if like... You mean to fix all of the many glaring <laughs> gaps yes. and issues? Yes, a la the Clone Wars TV show, <laughs> fixing the prequels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, One thing I did like... Oh, I guess this is another callback to the to the second. Was um, once Yoda... But, I'll stop calling him Maybe Once Grogu was oh, apprehended oh. and in... <laughs> And in the cell, this was a much more uh, Ray in captivity experience than it was a Leia in captivity experience. Oh that he was flinging those stormtroopers around like it was nobody's business. Did he kill him? I don't know. And that was it's... another thing is the darkest actions you've seen him do since he tried to choke out Cara Dune. So. Yeah. And he's, he definitely was had a double force choke going on with two stormtroopers at the same time. Oh, my it's God. So good. And, it's, so and it seemed strong, like yeah. it was getting Moff Gideon a little hard to watch. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Moff Gideon was taking a lot Yeah, of Moff Gideon may not want to kill him anymore. He may want to train him. I mean. Yeah. yeah. But, but we don't. Do we know for sure whether Moff Gideon is has Sith force sensitivity because right right now know, at yeah. least just for me watching the show not knowing anything more about you know if i'm not going with the cartoon canon or anything like that if i'm just strictly watching the show i just know some this is someone who's wielding a dark saber who hasn't shown any force powers yet right and we know that very much wielding a lightsaber to wield it well you have to have some it comes naturally to some degree of with your force sensitivity so i i wouldn't be he is a very much a vader from the way he's even i'm just good at this by picking it up (laughs) just happened to be good at this yeah i mean a hobby of mine and and him him standing looking out the light cruiser was very reminiscent of that shot of vader oh yeah on the bridge so i i get i think he's he could even be a former inquisitor Mm. Ooh. Oh, wow. we don't we don't know yeah we don't know what happened to all the inquisitorious but, but i like that theory though steven of, of of gideon being a inquisitor because that would put him in position to at least be able to find a weapon as powerful as the dark saber right right and yeah. i just i just get the vibes given his we don't 
we okay so the exegol is well well on its way and has been for a while right palpatine mm-hmm. kind of saw to that well before his demise so mm-hmm. they're working on cloning technology with their sith alchemy and all that kind of fun stuff there and then yep. you have the communalins or at least their technology and you know the sig- the sigil that they have on, on dr pershing and his team mm-hmm. so maybe tackling at a different angle talking about midichlorians Mm-hmm. There's also is the midichlorians is is uh, Moff Gideon trying to consume them himself to make yeah. himself more powerful? Yeah, is he or reported? Did, or did they inject him into the organic aspect of the dark troopers? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Is he is he directly reporting to the emperor? I mean, he's a Moff. That's the, that's as high of a title as he can get. Well, the, yeah. so the show is very good too at foretelling without giving too much away I because. Know, yeah. If you see, so he's built a sizable army for for what we're going through with the Empire's power vacuum. Like he's he's managed to build up a sizable army with a sizable cruiser and um, right. craft. He's mm. got the power. So I think when we see Mando beginning to quickly recruit people at the end and who he's looking for, you mm-hmm. know, he's got Cara Dune, you know, who's a um, power dropper, and he's got he's looking for. Um, power dropper what is it what is it she's shock trooper shock trooper same thing right power and shock (laughs) power dropper sounds like somebody coming off the top rope for a wrestling move power with the power dropper which which dune could pull off that move she is right yeah Yeah. she knows the power dropper don't question me i've made up (laughs) i've made up a new move and you will not doubt it um and with uh Mig's character, you know, so we know we know the kind of skill set he's gonna need. He's gonna need mm-hmm. like sneaky, you know, someone to get s- in with code abilities. He's gonna he's need- gonna need a master code breaker. Yes, he's gonna <laughs> master code breaker. He's got he's got the bounty hunters already on his side, so he's got people with no like complete moral ambiguity and um. Benicio, Benicio del Toro will get to reprise his role oh, Jesus, as no, the master please, code no, breaker. Please no. You know, as as it'll it'll tie in with the Robert Rodriguez angle. Here's my question. <laughs> so is Cara Dune gonna call her friends, our friends, uh Wolf and uh what's his name? The X Wings. Yeah, Tiva and Wolf mm-hmm. to their help and are we gonna see a rescue scene? I don't wanna play with your birthday story. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna go see the? Sorry, the like all the X wings that are out there yeah, coming Blue to help. Squadron. Yeah, are we gonna get some help? Like, what investment do they have in the battle of Baby Yoda? It's a good because, question because I mean, obviously we know at least for the government aspect with the with what's going on in the galaxy, they're on the outer rims. The outer rim still sounds like has some you know empire aspects to them but yeah. it sounds like the new republic is trying to kind of their job would be to kind of try to force out the empire the empire yeah. uh, strongholds and fortresses that are still there on the outer rims to try to you know save and if the, i mean, i assume he's going to try to move quickly though he doesn't have a lot of time he doesn't know how fast they would want to kill him he doesn't know if pershing is you know what pershing's going to do so does he have time to at least call back to tatooine in which case i imagine pelly and uh, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Cobb Vanth can can offer some assistance because they seem. I mean, look, fair is fair, dude. Fucking flew inside a Kraith dragon. And, like, yeah, yeah. Save the saved day. The entire Take- village. So half the village may- need to help him. 
Uh, what about maybe some expert Tuscan raiders will yeah. join the fight? Yeah. What about the widow um, and all of the clan that mm. he saved off that planet? And then how quickly could could he just backtrack to go back to Ahsoka? Like, yeah, he just liberated an entire colony there, mm-hmm. um, right? And that whole could colony take a break could from that well. party. I mean, yeah. could she and that governor dude just come? You know, so how many pe- people can he wrap up? That quickly, my only question is, is there a reason that they only showed us those four mm-hmm. characters at the end of this episode? Yeah. Because is that well, just who he could get to as quickly as he could in the last three steps he took? But so, mm. The next episode's got to pretty much just be the Carthon chop fields, right? Like yeah. getting, I feel like that's got to be probably the primary the primary part of the episode and then la- probably the last episode will be an hour long is my guess mm-hmm. and will be the rescue yeah maybe i don't know i was or, wrong or, about this this last or at episode, least the battle so. to try to rescue because it, you, right you, you were entirely wrong about this episode <laughs> no but still like i didn't think they were getting the tython now i didn't think they were getting boba fett <laughs> so i i didn't yeah i didn't think he was coming back at all this season that was a shock yeah yeah it was nice so, to say it was a real good surprise yeah, yeah it'll be uh it'll be interesting because now that Kara Adun has that official Marshall badge from the New Republic. Yeah, exactly. What kind of resources can she pull in? Didn't give her a whole lot of lines in that scene, I will say. No, no, no. So I, I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an action-packed next two episodes. They have a lot of ground to cover in a very short amount of time. Yeah, they do. <laughs> unless Grogu, unless Grogu doesn't get rescued this season. Yes, that's, that was gonna be my other question. Too. Yeah. Or does Grogu turn bad? Because this is the second season. So if you remember the way that the original Star Wars movies go, the first and the last, thir- first and the third movie ends on a high, second second movie ends on a down. So this is kind of like the way you can see the seasons being like a movie. And I can see John Favreau having this season ending on a down moment. Same. Lead into the third. It's a bold, that is a bold decision to make though in this yeah. show that has really been, um, continuously a pretty uplifting show uh for people in a really downer of a time right i mean it's a foregone conclusion they finished filming before covid so right it just goes to to question how but i mean there were some tough endings in some of the marvel movies too Mm -hmm. look at infinity war and how it dragged so many people back yes to marvel um who had kind of felt a little bit like it had gotten too boring for them right um yeah Yeah. i don't know i mean we've got we're we're down a couple ships where we are not down any people but but trying to find um you know teaming up with one's old enemies and all of that Mm -hmm. um who can you trust and i i mean is mix mayfield gonna be yeah how's he gonna feel being used for tracking (laughs) and he's really not a fan of grogu or or of, uh, of right, Leo, so. right, yeah. It's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see what this what this is going to. How are Fennec and Cardoon gonna get along? Right. At least to me, though, I think that I understand the the comedy that you know Migs Mayfield's character is going to provide, and I think it'll be a nice counterpoint to the stoicness of Boba Fett and um, Din Djarin because they don't speak a lot. The, the, you know that they have this kind of antithesis toward each other so i think it would create for some great 
you know, dialogue and comedic move, moments moving forward. But I, I think that even though they like, you definitely know, like Migs hated Din when they first yeah. introduced, he, he felt threatened by Din. He knows yeah. Din is this guy that is his, that his boss is always talking up and doing a great job and like, Oh yeah, let's see what he can do. And he'd so he much does, for that boss. And you see it and he's like, wow, you, you really can pull some of this crap off. Yeah. And then, yep. So now if you get to the point where he's actually going to rescue him, I, I think, you know, you kind of see his perspective of Din kind of change a little bit. Like I would have never came back and rescued you. Like, yeah. you know, he's right. going to throw it in his face for like leaving him in that fucking cell, but he's like, but Din's just going to be like, look, you know, we pulled you back out. So right. True. You're, wel- you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe, and maybe it's not even going to be, it's possible that Kara is going to be able to pull some strings and maybe, maybe they're going to be able to get him out right away. And it's yeah. going to be, and so it's just going to be a jailbreak. Right. Yeah. We're going to, you know what? Go right it's going to have to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I really hope we don't have to spend it being an entire <laughs> Wait, Which you've already episode. seen film the first we, season. <laughs> right. We've already got, we've already am, had that. I'm so over that. But my other thing is this. Um, sorry, we left this out when we were talking about people he could recruit for help. But like, obviously, he has a common enemy with Bo-Katan because we know that's who she's ultimately fighting with right now for the Darksaber. So right. could they end up accidentally reuniting on the same battlefield in space? It's possible. Um, we, like, what are you a, doing here? Hey, while what, you're here, uh, I c- could use a, you know, I could use a hand. I really like to see us not have another situation where it's Dindarin on the ground, bloody, like breathing, like you know, from a gaping wound in his chest, yeah. like dying. But I would really like to not be another situation like that. But like, it'd be cool if right when we think it's all about to go wrong, that like Bo Katan and Ahsoka show up. You know, yeah, that might be a neat. <clears throat> Right. Yeah. And I know that that episode, um, oh man, I'm, I'm like, I feel really bad. I'm going to have to try to like, maybe go back and find, find it. But, um, what are you looking for? The, the woman who plays the, the other wrestler who was one of the three. Yeah. I keep forgetting her name too. It's not just you. I have <clears throat> my notes from that. She, um, she said that she's not coming back this season at all. She did. So, oh, okay. so me, but it, that's not to say Bo-Katan can't come back. So maybe I think it would, it could be cool, but Bo-Katan episode, like, like with, um, Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe they come and maybe we get old ass Rex. But don't forget. I mean, <laughs> isn't, yeah, maybe I, I love it if we got old ass Rex and damn clankers and yeah. Boba Fett in the same episode. That would be so fucking be so cool. good. Yeah, um, <laughs> but also this. So what if. I was weird. I had creepy feedback while I was about to say something exciting. It really wasn't that ex- exciting. Creepy now the buildup, yeah. Now, <laughs> now the buildup is is way better than the creepy feedback was. Bo-Katan, where? No, I mean, think about it, because like, didn't didn't um after Infinity War, like Chris Evans was like, that was a great last shot, you know, like so right. fun, so fun being an Avenger or whatever. Like a bunch of people were like, great last film. I know that's true too. Maybe D- it's a, red, Disney a, red, Marvel a red herring. Even red... Star Wars people do that. So I would mm-hmm. say it yeah. could even be a big fake so that they can have this huge battle of all of the known Mandalorians coming instead of it's Jedi coming to rescue. I think that's, that's the one thing yeah. might be a fun note to end on. Um, Cause I have to go. So huh, convenient for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the, it's seeming like what this is shaping up. The moral of this show is that, you know, in addition to always being a show about father figures, which, you know, from everyone from, 
Luke to Vader to Boba to Jango to you know Din Djarin to Grogu is what Star Wars always seems to be about Kylo and Han Solo yada yada um, <laughs> Ray and nobody uh, <laughs> is that Mando spends this whole show saying you know you ha- like I have to find the right people to help this person he keeps not seeing how many people want to help him sure how many people are in it for him, for the good friend that he is, for the good person. And he thinks it's just this code, right? I'm honoring yeah. this code of tit for tat. A deal is a deal. I do. Yeah. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. But it's he's not. That's not really who he is. It is. It is because he is good mm-hmm. that right. all of these people are going to come to his rescue. And maybe this moment will finally be what makes him see that when it's mm-hmm. twenty five characters yeah. um, who show up for him. Right. Not for Grogu. It's not all 25 Jedi. It's 25 of his, you know, friends that he's made along the way. Right. Um, right. Shoulder to shoulder to him that kind of makes him see that. Maybe that's what makes him take off the mask finally. And to me, that would be the most successful season two finale. Yeah. And then seeing him in season three and four, not with the mask on other than in combat situations, but as a person being able to live the, the life and the creed values but as a person mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah yeah for me that would be a cool i feel that that has that has to be the way this show is moving toward because he's just such a fantastic actor yeah. in his own right it's about time we started he deserves acting with that helmet off because <laughs> he does a fantastic job with it on yeah yeah he must yeah. be so hot and, and itchy <laughs> and brett you made a great point too and that's what i really like about the mandalorian is that watching star wars canon we're used to the jedi being the savior and mm-hmm. saving the day every episode it's a jedi it's a jedi it's a jedi it's a jedi mm-hmm. it's a jedi now it's like i love watching this because the mandalorian is the savior i mean they're yeah. right saving a different way i mean you got a little bit too with watching solo as well because they're and broke one and broke so one yeah, yeah, the, right. yeah the one guy was kind of force uh, accused jason wasn't yeah. a, yes wasn't a jedi but but still there's like no it's mm-hmm. yes 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 but there's really True no way <laughs> there's no real Jedi. I mean, even the episode with Ahsoka was a fantastic episode because she needed the Mandalorian to really kind of help her through. Right. Right. And it was, it was not like, you know, the, the Jedi rescuing. It's like, can you help me? And that's, that was a nice kind of change of what we're used to watching as Star Wars fans, fanatics totally. growing up with Star Wars. Yeah. So, and, and, why this show is so aptly named the Mandalorian because this right. is not a Jedi centric show. Yeah, the, you know the, the child has force powers. Grogu can do oh. fantastic things, but but he's that not... may not be who he is either. Yeah, yeah, because right. we, as we just saw at the end of the episode, it's like he it, could uh, choose a different path. Yeah, he right. could be the first one to actually choose a different path. Yeah, right. walk away. Yeah. Cool. Well. Should we you end know, it there then? Yeah, let's yeah, end it there. Fantastic talk. We yeah. should, should. Should we try to find parents for people at this point? Would that be how we should end it? Maybe yeah. Grogu's parents oh. are like, you know, Palpatine and um, like the lady from the village. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. If anything, just it, it's going to be it's the, the frog most lady. obvious choice, right? <laughs> I feel like it's red. It's retconned frog lady. Yep, and her he, he thirty-six children now. He actually <laughs> ate himself and came out. Yeah. Um, 
Well, thanks, guys. This was fun. This is such a fun episode, and I cannot wait. Even though I'm a little nervous that we um, redo things we've done already for next week, I'm I'm hoping they prove me wrong. They always yeah. do. Yeah, so. they always. It's yeah. an exciting no. show. That's why it's so well done. <laughs> Anything yeah. I ever worry about, I'm, I'm always proven wrong. Um, <laughs> everybody, make sure you tune in to SteelerNation.com if you're a Steelers fan or not, just to check in uh, with. Uh, if you want to hear me, Rikers, talk- Ike Taylor, yeah, <laughs> Ike Taylor interview. Um, yep. Steven and I will be back for another Amanda recap episode next Saturday, and then we also have some fun other Star Wars stuff we're working on for you guys, and a couple of non-Star Warsy stuff that I am finishing up yeah. this week. Awesome. Nice. All right. All right. Make sure to like Thanks and subscribe. Yeah, like, like and subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> we will get you good force vibes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.